welcome to Something Strange is Brewing on New England's News and Talk Radio, 830 WCRN. Now, here's your hosts for Something Strange is Brewing, Brian and Matt. Welcome to Something Strange is Brewing. I'm Matt. And I'm Brian. And we're here with Scott down at Moby Dick in New Bedford. Uh, welcome to the show, Scott. Oh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate so, it. So tell us about Moby Dick. I mean, people know about Moby Dick, but tell us about Moby Dick from this side. What is it? Where did this come from? Okay, actually, it started out probably about a year, uh, probably about a year ago. Um, two of the investors were had been talking. One of the investors who used to be the uh, his name's Bob Unger. He used to be the editor and chief of the Standard Times, which is the local newspaper down here. He and um, his buddy Dave were talking about you know they'd love to open a brewery or a brew pub, and and Bob's dad actually was a longtime brewer. Um, I think he brewed at Schaefer. He brewed I think for Budweiser, but he was a longtime brewer. So um, so it was something that he'd always been pushing Bob to do. And um, and they started kicking it around. And, and the funny thing is, is they went to a place. They they were talking to the people at the place, and it just happened to be a place that I was talking to them about possibly doing a brew pub. The problem is, is the building just didn't work. Ceilings weren't high enough. Plumbing, just you know, little logistics didn't basically factor in favorably. So that kind of just fell by the wayside. And um, they just these people, Dave and um, Bob, just happened to be talking to these. These folks who are, who are Amelia and Josh down at DNB Burgers, which is a great little local burger joint right down the street. So Amelia said, "Well, do you have a brewer?" And they were like, "Oh, that's a novel concept. We didn't get that far yet." <laughs> so she handed them my uh, resume, and they called me within 15 minutes. They, they told me what they were planning on doing, and if I'd be interested. And I said, "Of course." You know, I was doing sales. Um, I brewed for probably 18 years, and then I took a four-year sabbatical doing sales and um it was itching to get back into it so basically we started talking and they they were looking around at different properties they found this property which is right across from the whaling museum right next to siemens bethel which is where moby dick the novel starts so basically they picked out this building they picked out the name figuring you know basically people from around the world know moby dick know the novel and most people think of when they think of moby dick they think of new bedford because this is where the book was based so basically they just figured it was a historical very historical, very you know popular book. Everyone around here has to read it. You know, when you're in ninth, tenth grade, it's pretty boring. But uh, <laughs> but when you read it now, it's a, it's kind of a dark comedy kind of thing. So well, now when you read it, you're looking for beer references, right? Exactly, <laughs> which is what we do quite often now. <laughs> which is all our names actually come from the book. So whether it's a the title of, of one of the ch- chapters, except for, well, that doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> okay, that's an experimental right. one. Sorry, that's that's okay. That's experimental. So that one doesn't have a name, but when it does, it will have a Moby Dick name. Moby Dick Mango Wheat. But uh, <laughs> um, that's if that's the what people. That's what pe- if people pick that one, which we'll talk about how we're going to decide our fruit beer. But so basically, they you know they they pick the building, they pick the name. I picked the equipment. I you know I was still doing my other job. So while I was doing that, I was you know picking up. Uh, pricing out equipment, all that good, fun stuff. So basically, the building was under construction, and we started brewing here probably like mid-February for a March opening. It's a great location down here. It really How is. How old is this building? This building itself is probably uh, at least 100 years old. I know there are other buildings in this exact location. There were other things. I am not positive of this. So you'd have to get it confirmed. But someone did say that this used to be, this was actually an office way back for Frederick Douglass, the, the known abolitionist. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure, but I know he did live in New Bedford for a while, so like, I was told that this was one of his offices. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what that's what we were told. We're actually in the um, the historic Whaling District National Park. Basically, everything on cobblestones is part of the whole... You'll actually see park rangers walking around giving tours sometimes because just, you know, of, of Siemens Bethel, of the Whaling Museum. Obviously, a huge whaling history, fishing history here. It's still one of the biggest fishing ports on on the East Coast. 
Who does a better job at the blessing of the fleet? You all or P-Town? Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll, I'll say us just because we're here. Fair enough. I know we have the best Portuguese feast in the whole country. Really? All right. <laughs> right in Bedford, if you like Portuguese food. Unfortunately, you can't get Moby Dick beer yet. Not yet. But you can get some really good Portuguese food there. So basically, we, we opened on um, March 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day. And also, um, if you're local to this area, you know that... March 16th, 2017. That's the shocking part to me. When I walk in down here, this does not look like you just opened up three months ago. Yeah, this is... It does look like you've been here for a while. Everything's oh, good. settled in. Uh, you fit in really nicely with the environment. Uh, yeah, it does not look... you get these... I mean, I know those aren't original Edison lights, but it's got a classic feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And, uh, and the windows, that's... That's what blows me away right off the bat. The windows are gorgeous. The amount of light they let in, how they are, right? big the place looks with the windows. I mean, just what a what a great venue you've got here. And, oh, and to be only three months in is is astounding. I, I agree. The windows are they really are stunning. And, 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 well, I know we'll talk about the beers later, but these don't taste like practice beers. <laughs> yeah, these are these are like the well established while, beers. So. Oh, thanks. Uh, that's you can tell. I kind of, uh, after almost 20 years, you kind of get to know your raw ingredients a little bit. <laughs> At least I hope I have after all this uh, after Now you're going to dial time. in the system, and we'll talk exactly. a little bit later about what you're brewing on. Right, exactly. So you were saying you opened up on the 16th? Uh, yes, so we opened on the 16th, 17th of St. Patrick's Day, and um, which was a Friday, and then that Sunday, if you're from the area, um, a, a popular event down here is the half mar- the New Bedford Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. And... Um, which, did you run it, Brian? You were no, no, good God, no. no okay, I, I, I know you said you were down the only, here for The that. only way I'm running is if somebody's chasing me. I don't, I, I'm not a runner. <laughs> Give a growler and Yeah, you. exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only way I'm running. That's... But, um, so yeah, so that was, so basically, needless to say, we opened with a bang. We opened at a very busy time for, for the area with St. Patrick's Day, and a busy, obviously a busy drinking time. And um, so, so far, so good. We've been very well received. And, um, you know, just... Hope that the tourism um, keep... must be good through summertime. Too, yes, too, yes. So. We haven't started seeing too many yet, but I have. I, I try to do a lot of table visits, ask people how they like the beer, and um, I already have seen a, a few German um, German tourists, and um, they were actually from Bavaria, and, and they really like my Hefeweizen, and which I was psyched that it was on then because it's not on now. But uh, and then um, I mean, actually, they were one of the gentlemen. He was like from the Bavarian like tourism board oh. or something, so he gave me like his card and everything. So. Um, that was kind of pretty cool, and, and they, they liked the beers, especially the German ones, so, which was a compliment. Um, so basically, you know, that's pretty much we're hoping to just keep, you know, be part of... What they're trying to do down here in New Bedford is that they're trying to um, revitalize this downtown area, especially, like, the cobblestones and all, trying to make it almost like, you know, 20 years ago, Portland was in Portland, as, as we now know at Portland, Maine, I should mm. say. And same with Portsmouth, New Hampshire, you know, they were kind of, kind of like this area was, where it was up and coming but not has hadn't reached its full potential which it has now and that's kind of what we're hoping to uh, accomplish down here they must be excited to see you here yeah. really bring breweries tend to draw people to the downtown um, or, or wherever they are really yes they, to, get, they, to get a brewery downtown that's the goal of a lot of a lot of towns they they have been very very supportive of us um the mayor actually i actually grew up with the mayor um john and i graduated together um and so his reward to me was putting in these lovely parking meters two weeks after we opened. <laughs> you can cut that if you want. But, uh, <laughs> but like when we first got here, it was like this is all two hour basically free parking, and then like within within two weeks of us opening, all the parking meters popped up. How well do they monitor those? Uh, very well. So Uh-oh. so if you're out there, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I see the guy running. 
because and, and you actually get charged more. You're gonna run up there with a growler. And try yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you feed it in front of them, well, well, if you keep feeding, no, they'll take a picture. So if you feed it, you actually get a bigger fine than if you let it expire. It's ridiculous. Really? Oh, you can't yeah. stay more than two hours. You mean? Like, You're not yes. supposed to. No. Wow. There's actually though, if if I, if I knew, I would have told you guys. There's actually our our parking right behind the brewery. Oh, like the, the stuff that I drove through. Yeah. The yeah. 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 Exactly. That's where I turned around. So, yeah. so the take-home here is make sure you bring some quarters if you're going to be parking on street here and yes. only stay for two hours. Before five. After be- five, you're all set. Oh, there you go. So just come on down after five. Yeah. Free so speaking of which, what are your hours down here? We are open. Um, it's too, it's like you are open quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, restaurant. Well, actually, we don't open. We, we've been closed on Mondays. But I believe that's going to change probably right around the 1st of July, mm-hmm. or right around that area. We are going to um, start opening on Mondays. Um, so we open from 11.30 to basically 11 at night. Um, we don't really want that super late night crowd, which is, you know, it's great. But again, um, you have a lot of college kids come down in the area, so we kind of want to be more of a family, you know, family drinking spot. As opposed to sure, that, yeah. The college drinking spot. Even though we'll take, we love college kids too, but, you know, it's basically after, you know, after 12 o'clock, you know, Anyway, can get a little shady. You don't want so the last call crowd. Exactly. We don't want the last call crowd. It's a nice upscale element here. Exactly. So. Especially with some, you know, 9% double IPA. We really don't well, want that last call That's a game changer, 11, for so. sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So then they can go to other bars around here. Um, we have been closing them between 3 and 4 for like an hour just because, um, well, not closing, but they, they weren't serving like any, any food during those hours. The main reason is because, um, and you guys have to try them, we, we hand cook all our fries here. So, unlike a lot of places, so basically they have to be blanched and they have to be like fried at real low temperature for like, I, I don't know the exact, the exact specifics of it, but I know it basically takes a little while for us to, and we only have so many fry ladies, so to keep, to keep the, the fresh hand-cut fries, we kind of have to, um, you know, basically chef for that hour so they can use the fry ladies to, to Good keep fries the fries. Good fries take time. That's yes, the... they do. So we try to, um, as I was telling you earlier, we try to be... As sustainable as possible, you won't see any like overly caught fish on our menu. He tries to, Tom, Tom's very uh, cognizant of that. He tries to stay with, like we've actually had monkfish on the menu, we've had um, dogfish on the menu, we've had skate on the menu, just so we're not, uh, you know. And then when we did, like our, our fish chips is cod, but it's Pacific cod, mm-hmm. which is a little less overfished than. The Atlantic. Than the, granted, we wish we could use Atlantic cod, but again, if it's overfished and not sustainable, Tom tries to stay away from that. Um, we get like the best chicken and. And um, you know all all natural stuff. We also the farmers who pick up our our spent grain. We get our field our field greens from them. We get our asparagus from them. So we try to keep things. You know, basically, you know, sometimes we get some of the pigs from them. So pigs eat our our, our grain and we eat the pigs. <laughs> all right. Well, that sounds uh, that's, that sounds more than appetizing. I would say. So we're gonna run feed the meter. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with a little more something strange is brewing. Stay tuned. Now, Something Strange is Brewing continues on News and Talk Radio 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your hosts, Brian and Matt. Welcome back to Something Strange is Brewing. We're down here at Moby Dick Brewing in New Bedford. Um, Scott, tell us about the beers. There's a lot of beer on the menu. Um, it's a great smattering of super, super light and clean up to uh, something that is surprisingly experimental and fruity. <laughs> what can you tell us about your beers? Well, basically, I want I want the people, when, whenever guests come in, I want them to have the experience where, you know, I, right now I'm, I'm cur- I currently have uh, nine beers on tap. Um, I, I basically stay between seven and ten. 
but my whole goal is that if a group of 10 people come in, you know, I don't expect everyone to like every single beer that's on the menu, but I expect them to find one that they like. So, you know, so, so there's something for everyone in the whole group, whether it's something super hoppy, something malty and dark, something light and hoppy, something fruity, um, something refreshing. You know, basically, we try to run the gamut. As, as I was mentioning to you earlier, when I was a brewer at Rock Bottom, I, uh, my brewing philosophy was hopefully not only do I make great beers, I make great beers that sell because, you know, um, granted, I would love, you know, I'd love to have a bunch of super hopped 10%, 8% beers, <laughs> but they're not going to sell. So you kind of have to have, or they will sell, but to that that niche crowd and to the, a few people. But then other people are going to want to go other places and get something they're a little more familiar with. So, um, you know, I do have my nine percent double IPA, but I also have what I consider approachable beers. So if people aren't super familiar with craft, they can still hopefully, like I said, hopefully find something that they enjoy. Um, so basically, saying that we, as you were saying, we we kind of run the gamut. Um, we do offer a sampler, um, a sample paddle, which is shaped. As you can see, is um, you can't see it because it's a podcast. It'd be one uh, of the coolest sample paddles I've seen. <laughs> oh, certainly, yeah. Uh, not just because it's the one in front of me with four beers on it, but I mean, it's a whale tail. It's a whale's tail with the New Bed- the uh, the outline of the New Bedford grid um, downtown grid streets. So it's actually kind of neat. So basically, we start out with our uh, simple sailor, which is our um, American style lager. It is um, an all malt, um, an all malt American lager, and. The reason I say all malt is because most American lagers have, as we, as some people know, have adjuncts, corner rice added to them. I do not add any of that stuff. But then again, I also don't want to scare away the person who likes the mass-produced yellow fizzy beer. So um, it's a really approachable beer. That's so, really, yeah. With your eyes closed, you'd be like, I mean, it's it's better than some of the beers we won't name, but it tastes similar. It's, it's well, thank clean, you. Yeah. Light flavored. Uh, you could drink that all day. Well, thanks. Like I said, I'd, last thing I'd want is for someone who's a diehard, but, um, you know, mass-produced person to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to leave because they, they can't find something that, that they can drink. And, again, I, if I'm going to do it, I'm trying to do it the best I can. So, again, there's some Czech, Czech Sots hops in there. It's all German Pilsner malt. Um, clean, crisp, and as, um, you know, as, I, as I've told some of my friends who visit a lot of breweries, one of the best ways to determine how good your brewer is is you know try their lightest beer because you can't hide anything in in, in a lighter mm. style beer just because there's nothing going on. So, um, so hopefully I, I accomplish that. Um, then so basically we're going to keep three core beers. The simple sailor being one of them. Another one is Ishmael, main one of the main characters in uh, in Moby Dick. Obviously, um, that is just our Irish amber, nice, easy drinking, approachable, malty um, amber slash red ale. Um, basically, I say um a lot. Sorry, I realize that. That's all right. When I do these things, um, <laughs> there I go. So it again, it's approachable. It's not very hoppy, even though it does have sh- some good hops. It has Chinook and Centennial hops in there to balance out that sweetness. But again, the, the star of that is the English style malts that are in that. That's pretty cool for a Chinook beer. Really. Oh, yeah. In a, in a in a red or an amber beer. I use it mostly as a, a bittering hop in that, but then it's also but then I also use it for some flavor profile along with the Centennial. Um, and then our third, um, our third core beer, quote unquote, is the Quick Eternity, which is our um, IPA. Runs checks in about six and a half percent alcohol. Has um, Simcoe, Citra, Chinook, sometimes Galaxy. <laughs> the cast version has Galaxy. The, ca- the cast version has Galaxy. Exactly. What is the name Quick Eternity? Uh, Quick Eternity was, I believe, was one of the chapters in the book. All our names come from the book. 
It's my so, quiz. I'm like, you're fifth grade English teacher. I like the sale of delirium because you think of delirium and it's uh, <laughs> you know, a big beer. So the, those are the three chords we have. And then basically we're going to ch- change everything up. My little sabbatical off of my soon to be 20 years of brewing. I, I did craft beer sales for a while and I realized that people um, around here and anyone who goes to craft beer bars basically wants something new so it's it's pretty much rotation nation so i try to keep it where we have the three cores and then you know a bunch of different ones that you can try different seasonals we have careful disorder which is a german pilsner it's about a five and a half percent alcohol made with all german pilsner malt some um some german munich malt and then european hops uh german magnum halatel milfru and some czech zats it's also dry hopped i've actually won a few medals at the great american beer festival with my pilsners in the past so i took a few little characteristics of each one of those and put it into this German style delicious crisp <laughs> I can't say it anymore as I drink one right now um, <laughs> Hoppy Pilsner we have a brown ale called Dagu's Virtue Dagu was the uh, slave was a slave harpooner harpooner that's a word harpoonist harpooner um, in the book so that is just an, an easy drinking but fairly malty English brown ale we also have our stove boat stout which is a Irish stout very, very similar in grain build to the famous Irish stout from St. James Gate. Bless you, Andy. Holy cow. Bless you again. Hey, Carumba. Bless you. And then we also have... Uh, <laughs> no, three. We have Whale's Jaw Wheat, which is our American wheat. Sure, give them all the secrets away. You don't care. We're just going to confirm, Andy. You still all right? Hey, Andy. Welcome aboard, Andy. Andy's here cleaning up after everyone here. Andy, say hi to the podcast. Hi, podcast. <laughs> there he is, everybody. That's Andy, Andy Gomes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Andy Gomes. No last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy G. <laughs> um, we also have our Wales Jaw Wheat, which is um, an American wheat that I brew with coriander and orange peel. Another refreshing summer beer. Oh, and that one is, too. Boy, we were drinking that one during the first segment, and it's it's one of those beers that you just want to sit and get splashed with surf <laughs> spray while drinking this beer. I mean, what a what a great beer to drink. Well, thank you very much. Um, so that's that's how, right now, one of our wheat beers that we have on. We also have our um, Sailor's Delirium, which is our double IPA, our Imperial IPA. Um, this one has started out as... A uh, double IPA around nine percent with. So I remember this one: Mosaic, Azaka, and Galaxy hops, and dry hopped with all three. That was Sales Delirium, the original. And again, how I said we wanted to continue rotating things. We really like the Sales Delirium name just because Delirium and double IPAs, and also um, kind of think the logo is kind of cool. So we're gonna we're gonna keep the name, and then it'll be like 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 as we change it. Um, in the future, the, the next one that's actually in the tank right now has Amarillo, Amarillo, El Dorado, and there's one other one in there which I'm not going to be able to remember. Oh, Mosaic. A little brewer's delirium <laughs> right now. Exactly. Amarillo, El Dorado, and Mosaic. And that'll be dry hopped with, with all three, like I said. And that is our uh, double IPA. And then what we're doing, and I know we have a future segment, but what we're doing right now is... I get a bunch of samples of different purees, and um, I know people around here want to, want some sort of fruit beer. I've been asked for it a few times. I'm not going to drink it, but again, if I'm going to make it, I want to make one that's really good and really approachable and something that people can really um, really enjoy as well as maybe proud of, despite the fact that I'm not going to drink it. So therefore, I'm looking at different purees and 
um, real fruit, some some natural extracts, not some of these faker ones. What are some of the so, uh, ones that you're looking at? Um, so so far already, we have had um, we've had a blackberry, we've had a blackberry, we've had a boysenberry. We we've done a um, blackberry boysenberry. We've done a red raspberry, and um, and a tart cherry. Now we have a mango wheat. We're going to have a strawberry blonde tomorrow, or when the mango wheat kicks. And then we also have a um, another red raspberry, just a different puree that, that I'm be trying. And basically I'm letting the staff and the um, customers give me their feedback to decide because I already have the base beer made, real easy drinking, very lightly hopped um, blonde ale. And um, and I'm actually going to fruit that. So I'm just trying to figure out basically what people might really want. In and there was some talk of peaches. Is that for this batch as well? Or is that no, that won't. That's peaches? actually a little down the road, just because there's a big peach festival in Akushnet. Hmm. The next town over, and uh, we have some friends who own. Actually, Andy was here. His friends own um, some peach orchards. So um, you know, anyone who's dealt with fruit or whatever, sometimes you realize that um, a lot of the seconds. Or fruit that they can't sell just because they get bruised or sure, whatever. Yeah. So, but it's fine. Not, not visually appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It's not, not visually appealing. Right. But boy, it's still got a life it's to still it. Sweet. Yeah. It's still sweet. Still, it still has the great flavor that you're looking for. You know. So we're looking. Like I said, we're looking at boysenberry. Boysen, right now, boysenberry and blackberry have been very, very popular. And um, I've got good feedback on this one. Again, like I said, I'm not a big fruit beer drinker, so I'm just kind of thinking everyone else's opinion on it as far as that goes. Give me an IPA, a double IPA, or a Pilsner. I would say based so. on some of the hops you're, you're throwing out there for what's going into the beers, you seem like more of kind of the, the hop head side yeah. of it than, <laughs> so, than the malt so monster. A little bit. You've got some beer opinions. Can I, what's your opinion when I say the word, what do you think of when I say session IPA? Pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's been really long enough. <laughs> Absolutely. So speaking of long enough, we've been going long enough that we're going to have to take another quick break. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back with a little more Something Strange is Brewing. You're listening to Something Strange is Brewing. On New England's News and Talk Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your hosts, Brian and Matt. We are back down here at Moby Dick Brewing with Something Strange is Brewing. And we're hanging out with Scott. And Scott, you took us through the brew house. And then we got to see the fermenters. And then we saw the bright tanks. And then we saw the secret stairs to the basement. <laughs> what the heck is going on back there? I mean, there is, there is a whole inner workings that, that, that just people need to know about. Tell yeah. us what's happening. Well, thanks. That that is one thing is I kind of wish that the brew house was a little more visible to the rest of the restaurant. You do just granted it's not very far. You walk behind the bar and it's right there. But again, it's not you know it's not glassed in like my, the old brewery I used to work at. Um, but we, we're we're brewing back there in a uh, ten barrel specific mechanical from uh, British Columbia. It's a uh, direct fired. We have um, we have limited space as you guys can see, so I'm trying to make the most of our space. So to, to fit a boiler back there would have been a little difficult. So we went with a direct fire, um, ten barrel. It's it's definitely doable. Um, I get a great bo- running boil off of it, so I'm not worried about DMS or any of that fun stuff. The boil is, is great. It's kicking, um, so which makes my life a little bit easier. <laughs> um, basically, for I try to I try to keep is you know I, be, I I try to brew a style if I'm using different yeast so that's why right now I don't have a culture or anything because I do have two lagers and 
um, you know, you're kind of pigeonholed into what you're doing with, with the cold yeast. Obviously, um, you can't use it for other things with the lager yeast. You can at least use it for other things. My ale yeast, I use a, um, I use a Scottish ale strain, actually, is what I use, because um, this one is one that I've used in the past, and I like its versatility. You can do anything from a 4% American, um, American wheat ale all the way to 11 12% barley wine. So it's, it's, it's very alcohol tolerant, but it's also clean enough that if you don't have a lot of things going on, it's still going to be. It's still going to make it a real nice, clean beer. Mm. Um, it's not super estery, which is one of the things I like about it. Um, obviously, if I if I ferment it a little bit higher on some of the beers, I could make it est- more estery if I wanted to. But um, I kind of like the the flavor profile that it so gives. It which sounds I, pretty versatile strain all it, around. It I mean, is. You can really just tweak a couple of things and have an entirely different beer. Definitely, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I really that, that's something I really enjoy about that strain. And um, I'm using a, uh, a Czech lager strain for my um, for my lagers. And um, and that's that, that's a real nice. I really enjoy the flavor profile. Um, it doesn't flo- it doesn't flocculate as well as as it said in the in its flavor profile when I bought it. But again, it was something that um, I had friends who've used it before. They they really endorsed it. So well, these and, beers are super clear, particularly the ones you use that yeast on. So seem oh. to, they seem to cleaned up pretty well. Yes, I um, I don't filter anything. None none of these beers are filtered, even though some of them may look it. I mean, and that's astounding, too, because you could read the paper on the other side of it, some of these beers. I mean, they are bright. Thank you. So I do use um, I do use a vegan-friendly fining mm-hmm. for that, um, which works really, really well. It takes a little while to clear up your lagers, but give it three or four days under pressure, and it actually, again, that one looks like it's filtered. So like you said, you can pretty much read through it. Yeah. So, um, which is obviously a very, a very good thing. And then, as you were saying, the secret stairs, uh, we actually have a huge... A huge downstairs cellar area, which actually has a few different rooms that are sealed off. A long time ago, this used to be a fruit place, a produce place. So all, all most of the fruit that came into the New Bedford area actually came through this building. So there's hooks downstairs where they would gas the bananas to kill the tarantulas and any anything else that were that were coming into this well, country from. In a, in a previous uh, produce department than a previous whaling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, so. so, so uh, I saw arachnophobia. You never know what yeah. sort of tarantula <laughs> ancestry could be living down oh there. Oh my maybe. gosh! <laughs> well, you see, like out in Menden, they. Black yes, <laughs> yeah, geez, you know, yes. I mean, boy, those spiders are getting oh, jump up everywhere. I know. There's history down there. Yes. That's incredible. So what I'm planning on doing with those rooms, in a perfect scenario, what I'd like to do is have two different rooms, obviously separated, far from each other. <laughs> One which would be a barrel-aging room for whiskey, rum, bourbon barrels, do some different... Um, different stronger beers in those and then i'd have a whole different room where i'd like to bring in some um some wine barrels to add some bugs to them to do some sours in the future again that's not next week because i prefer to do things historic traditionally so i'm not a big kettle sour fan so i would sour it the way you're supposed to in the barrel with a long slow sour long, slow yeah. right with Britannomyces or and let it really like, chew through it right some different other bugs that we can get um and but obviously people listen to this listen to this podcast realize that i'm talking about bacteria and not actual bugs but cricket <laughs> failure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, black fire and uh, fire and red black widow scout. <laughs> so that's that's the plans in the future. Pretty much is I'd love to get a barrel aging program going. You know, again, we've only been open three months, so we're still trying to work out some of the kinks. We're also planning on doing uh, brewers dinners, pairing speak up with our that. chef. Speak a little bit about the food here. It yeah, I mean, you've good. talked about it a little bit, but there is. There's quite the menu here. Yes. I mean, it's it's impressive, the stuff that you've got uh, on that menu. So, Our chef, T- Tom, is a big beer geek, mm-hmm. so he loves cooking with beer. He um, he was actually out in Seattle at a James Beard award-winning restaurant out there, 
And then when he um, he's from the East Coast, so him, he and his wife and his daughter moved back east. And as they were driving back east, they stopped at a bunch of different brew pubs and breweries and to get ideas. When we got him, he was just starting as the sous chef over at uh, Brewtopia, which is our friends at Revival Brewing. Yep. That's their brew pub. He was a sous chef over there, and then as we were doing our chef interviews, we had people cook for us, and uh, Tom actually blew us away, and his food is amazing. He's very into sustainability. So we're not exactly a, a farm-to-table restaurant, but we're pretty close. Like I was telling you, you gentlemen earlier, uh, Spent Grain goes out to a farm in, in, in Dartmouth, Mass., and they pick up our spent grain. As they're picking up our spent grain, they were also delivering us spring mix, field mix, asparagus, sometimes some homemade sausage. We uh, we try to keep you know again sustainability. Try to try to keep it local, keep it fresh. Mm. You know, we have have good relationships with your um, with your partners. You know, they benefit from our grain. We benefit from their from their produce and some of their you know some of their other products, which is outstanding. Basically, you will not find. As long as he gets his way, you will not find any any like overly fished fish. If that's a word or words. So basically, if it's if it's overly fished and he doesn't consider it sustainable, you won't see it on a menu. So we have had some kind of lesser known fish on our menu. We've had monkfish. We've had dogfish, which I guess is fairly similar to like a mako shark. We've had we've had skate. All our oysters come from, or, or most of our oysters come right from uh, the Mattapoisett Bay area, so like two towns over. We've also used obviously Nantucket ones, and you know we'll get a few different kinds of oysters. Our mussels are local from Chatham. They're the big ones, so our mussels are giant, which most people do like. Some people find them a little big, but again, you know, in, we did put on the menu now the big ones because then he does add, add a little, little local touch where they cook with uh, linguisa or chadise. Uh, one of our beers to, to give a nice beer broth. I see, so, another, I see something else up on the menu that is uh, probably one of Matt's favorites. So Matt's favorite topics for the summertime all right. is the salted caramel ice cream beer float. Beer floats, <laughs> yes. That beer floats. A, a scoop of ice cream and just about anything. Oh, yeah. Beer <laughs> floats are, are where it's at. It's, you know, so you really, I mean, you, you incorporate the beer and the local feel and the, the ecological responsibility side in every single thing that seems to pop up around here. I mean, that's just incredible. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, bring that and, and also keep it affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this is still a very blue-collar area, so we're trying to keep it approachable and affordable at the same time while while trying to keep everything local, everything fresh. Um, there are no microwaves back there. We basically don't use the freezer, except for my hops. <laughs> I have some hops in the freezer, and then all our fries are done from from scratch, so after they, they go in there to kind of freeze-dry before we go back in. But besides that, we really don't even use our freezer hardly at all. Everything is pretty much as fresh as you can... And that's, I mean, it's a real old town New England feel to it, right, in that regard. I mean, this was what was available on the market at the time, and that's what wound up on your plate. And, you know, the, the no microwave thing is, I think, the best thing that could ever happen to a restaurant. I wish more restaurants would throw their microwaves away. But, yeah. you know, that, that, that classic New England feel is, and it's, it's just through and through here. It's just incredible in everything. Oh, thanks. And, and honestly, our fries are to die for. <laughs> one, one of my pet peeves. And my wife and son and I go out quite a bit. You know, we go out at least once a weekend. Uh, one of my pet peeves are coated fries, and ours are, like I said, hand-cut, and they're just delicious. So everything, again, we try to stay as fresh, local, and sustainable as possible. All right, so before we cut to the break one more time, i got to ask, if we were to go to your house and, <laughs> and open your refrigerator, what would we find in there for beer? What, right. do you, what do you drink at home? I'll tell you the truth, actually. Right now, if you open my refrigerator, there would be, there's actually some... Uh, it's just funny that you asked me this, and now I feel bad. <laughs> Supersession from uh, Lawson's. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have Super Sunshine. Uh, so it was uh, this that. Supersession 2? Is that the one? Yes, That's Super Session. Also in my fridge. Yes. <laughs> and you may find, also, you may find uh, Wormtown Bottle Rocket. Mm-hmm. 
Wormtown be happy. I'm, I'm good friends with Ben and all the all the Wormtown guys over there, and I think they make a great product. Being a old school brewer, I'm also very partial to anything that Sierra Nevada makes. I, you know, granted they've expanded, and I still think they've stayed very true to what they've been trying to do. Groundbreaking and, for the industry for sure. Yeah. And, and their brewery down there is amazing. Been down to the brewery in, in Asheville. It's incredible, and it's like 99% like self-sufficient or something crazy. Wow. Um, so those are, and then if you look on the other side where my wife keeps her beers, you'll find like Weinstefaner and uh, Hoogarden, even though that's mass-produced now. But she's still, she's a Belgian white or, or a German Hefeweizen fan. So, but I'm, I'm tend to be more. So where, do the, where do those tastes cross? What beer do you both would you both fight after the last one in the fridge? Maybe a Sierra Pale. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Even though, one, it's funny that you asked me that, and hopefully we're not running out of time. But I hope she's not home drinking it yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, she might be. But um, funny thing is, is my, like I said, she's a Hefeweizen, a wheat beer fan. And so usually she'll grab one of my beers, and you know it's usually an IPA or something like that. She'll be like, uh, perfumey, or, you know, like, oh, how do you drink that? It smells like a garden. <laughs> but, um, but with my double IPA, I brought one home, and she actually said, which I took as a huge compliment, she could actually drink it. I don't know if it's because it was a little, uh, little more balanced or, or what, but she actually, she does like that. So, and so she does like some of the stronger. So why? Let's go get another you. one. All right, so everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back with a little more Something Strange is Brewing. Something Strange is Brewing continues on News and Talk Radio 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your hosts, Brian and Matt. Welcome back to Something Strange is Brewing. We're down here at Moby Dick in New Bedford, Wisconsin. Tell us what the future holds. I mean, you're only three months in, and, I mean, there are waves happening for sure. I mean, <laughs> so, so where does it go from here? Uh, future obviously is looking bright. Um, we don't have much of a past, even though we are brewing history. <laughs> as it starts getting a little bit colder, I'm, I'm planning. As I was telling you, I probably want to do a, some sort of like Belgian Christmas beer, just a real high alcohol malty so you're, Belgian. You're way in the future. How about, so, how about oh, summer? Okay, summer. All right, summer. Well, we have the pills that we will be doing whatever fruit beer that that people decide on that they like. Is there a way for people to decide? How do, um, how we're do just, we just getting the we're just come getting the feedback. Yeah, just come down, talk to your server, talk to me. Uh, let your bartenders know. Um, the servers are being uh, going to have be heavily involved in it because they're, they're the front line. So hopefully they don't lie to me about what people like. <laughs> so I will be doing a big batch of that. The next double IPA I have in the in the tank. Sales Lurin Two has uh, the new hop that I've never used before. El Dorado some mosaic and some amarillo going for that juicy kind of double ipa look even though hopefully you can see through it a little bit <laughs> it won't look like juice but it will be Not it won't it, it'll be you know it'll be unfiltered as are all my beers but it will look unfiltered you know again we're looking at that fruit beer we're also looking at late summer early fall doing a, a german schwarz beer as, as one of my dark beers because we will keep a dark beer on something that we have basically something that will be able to hold up to Salted caramel for our uh, <laughs> for our beer floats. <laughs> Planning on doing uh, brewers dinners. I, I don't know if I said it online or if I was just saying it to you guys off the record. But we'll plan on doing some brewers dinners in the future. You know, maybe doing hopefully like a, like do like a, a cookout. We can do like a clam boil one, and I don't know if we have the room to do something like that here. But definitely do either a harvest or Oktoberfest. You have certainly enough variety where you can pair stuff up with plenty of meals. This could be a ten course meal. Right, which is what we're hoping. And what I like to do too is, we get, as we get really into the future, I like to keep some beers back. The whales draw some of the popular ones. See how they age out. See how they age out, but also not keep them that long, but just keep them so it gives me something else to pair the food with, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that's already on the menu. So that way, if it's something that 
you know, you can't normally get every day, but it's, you know, you had it in the past, you, you, you remember it, you like it, you enjoyed it, you know, something like that, that we can actually do some food pairings with. Our general manager, Tim, who just walked in, he has he has a friend who sells uh, cheese. I would love to do a beer and cheese pairing here. I used to do those in, at Rock Bottom. We used to do chocolate and, chocolate and, and beer, you know, cheese and beer. So, you know, nothing goes better than with, with, uh, with cheese and beer, it goes much better than, than wine does. You know, you just have so many different flavors, so, so many different styles, so many different characteristics you can use. I would also love to do, especially with around here, all the different sausages that are available between the Portuguese sausages, the German sausages, do a sausage and beer tasting is another thing that I would, I would love to do in the future. Mm. Um, we will be participating in some beer festivals coming up. We'll be at the, uh, we're going to be at the Cape Cod Brew Festival in October. Um, they're doing a New Bedford Folk Festival, which I believe is right out on our, uh, right near our patio. We have and a nice patio out there. Oh, thank you. Yes, we Especially have uh, the summer coming up. 20, 20 seats, wow. five, four, four seat tables. So, um, so they have the, the, they have the Folk Festival right there. And um, so hopefully we'll be able to sell beer out to them and people sit and watch, watch mm. the Folk Festival. You know, we'll be participating in the Oktoberfest Festival that they have on the waterfront. Different, um, you know, local things we'll be doing um, I do a cast beer every Friday it's a different cast beer that I put on we call it for, you know African Fridays we don't use any fancy names for it just I put one on and it's you know it's it's there till um, till it's gone like right now we have the quick eternity double dry hopped with Galaxy Australian mm. Galaxy um, the one that I have right now in the cask is double dry hopped with Chinook which I actually love Chinook I know you think it's a little harsh but I'm a big Chinook guy um, I like it. I, I, it's 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 become pale compared to some of the crazy oh, hops these that's days. That's true. Right. Back in the day, ago, hop to Chinook was a crazy hop. Yes. Now it's uh, right. Now, now, it's, it's, now it's mellow. Now yeah, it's, it's like that's Cascade. True. Yeah, right, it's right. Like, right. Cascade, Cascade. Cascade. Right. <laughs> and we actually will be doing a uh, as you would ask about a session IPA. We will be doing an, an American pale with a lot of Cascade, <laughs> <laughs> Cascade, and maybe some Citra or something to 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 complement the the grapefruity. Yeah. Very drinkable, very so, sessionable. Yes. It may not be a session <laughs> well, I'll call it a pale. That way, see, and if that way, if I call it a pale, I won't hear from the non-IPA drinkers that you have three IPAs on. So this, because if I call it a session IPA, it may give you have too many IPAs on. So we call it a pale, and be a little happy. bit more leeway. <laughs> exactly. Call it a New England IPA, but yeah. that's, a, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day, perhaps. So, do people want to know where can they find your beer? Uh, basically, right now, you can only find it here. Uh, we do sell growlers. I know we, um, I'm not sure if you ordered, but we were talking about ordering howlers, the 32-ounce growlers, just for it, because we've had some people say that they're single. You know, they don't want to go home and drink four beers. And once, you know, once you open a growler... You're kinda, committed. You're committed. So, you're going to get a fancy I, curly straw. Yes. Just drink the whole thing, right away. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I kind of see where, where it's going with that. We looked into getting a, uh, we, you know, we looked into getting maybe a, a crowler filler. But, um... Right now, the, the initial investment is pretty huge. We need to buy like thousands and thousands of cans. That's something that may may be in the future. We're, you know, we're discussing, and we're also discussing, you know, maybe doing a little bit of uh, contract brewing and getting some cans out there for for the fall. Um, we would have liked to do it a little earlier, but again, with us just being over three three months, it was obviously we hit the ground running, and they've been running since. So it was kind of tough to so to, when to you do catch, things in the fly. So when you catch up, do you think there'll be any uh, local bars and things like that that'll have your beer? Is that I, part I, of the plan? I believe so. Yes. Like I know, like, uh, Poor Farm, which I'm good friends with Craig. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to Poor Farm. It's 
to a really good beer bar here in uh, in New Bedford, Essence Rose Alley, which is right down the way. But Poor Farm has cask beer. They, they until us, they were pretty much the only people who had cask beer in New Bedford. Uh, one of their big problems is they couldn't find it everywhere. There'd be only a few distributors who could get them cask beer when they needed it. So um, so he's already asked me for my cask, and I said, sure, of course. You know, he said he'd bring me a pin, and I'd gladly fill it for him and you know, sell great. it to him. So um, you know, he's a big fan of of ours and we're a big fan of his so good good partnership there he would definitely carry my beer and um you know i I feel pretty comfortable that i could get it in other places just because i do have a lot of connections from when i was doing sales i was doing the craft beer places around here so obviously those would be the places i'd focus on if we do get some cans obviously we're selling out of the retail area um so that's kind of you know again baby steps we have the growlers and hopefully you know howlers maybe crawlers but then uh, you know maybe doing some uh, some contracting with some cans in the future. Well, hopefully Massachusetts will clean up their distribution laws. Uh, may really open up some possibilities too. Yeah, that's true. It, it, a lot of it has to do with um, a lot of it has to do with just the fact that we have a liquor license here, so I can't self distribute. Because if we could self distribute, I already would be going probably at the poor farm. Um, I did work for a distributor before, so I do have I do have those connections, mm. um, and I don't want to. We'll have this little conversation later. The only thing that that I would be a little bit afraid of, and, and again, just seeing it from the other side when I did work for a distributor, the only thing I would be afraid of is if is if we're able to change the laws the way most of the breweries would want them to be changed, is you may have some distributors who aren't willing to pick up smaller breweries and to actually put money behind, behind um, you know, basically putting that brand out there if, if someone could leave pretty easily without paying them you know, for basically without reason, and I don't know, you know, so, again, I, I wish we could self-distribute, but I'd be afraid if they changed, if they went too far in changing the laws where a lot of these breweries could, could just up and leave, like some, you know, basically, you know, one of the big distributors could use, like, lose a Corona or someone like that, which is going to hit them in the pocket a lot more than a little guy would, but, well, again, you may be afraid. Potential protections in place based on volume. Right, exactly. So they'll, they'll let the smaller guys out a lot easier than they'll let the bigger guys out. Well, that's out. what I was saying, though, is if, if you're distri- just from the distributive side, they'd be, they'd be a, a lot less likely to pick up a smaller guy, like a black hat, or like, you know, Wormtown back in the day, if they think that you can just leave after they've kind of put mm. money into promoting your product. You're a lot less likely to promote, so, but honestly, a lot of them well, are promoting true. the smaller people. It's, they kind of say you're on your own when it comes to that, although right. you know some distributors obviously right. are obviously, different than others. Exactly. They all work differently. Right. Um, but generally, you can't count on them to be promoting you. If you're a small brewery, you got to do the legwork. Right. That's, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, until people are asking most for it, right. you, have to, you have to push it. Exactly. Um, I'm sure people are asking for this beer, and they're going to want it. Well, thanks. Far and Absolutely. Wide. Yeah, I would, like I said, I would love if we could self-distribute, but it's, that is more of a law with the fact that we have a liquor license. It's not like I'm going to be pushing liquor, but... So, on the awesome. subject of laws, one last question. Sure. Um, what type of growlers will you fill? Well, with the, the new advisory... Uh, only ours. <laughs> only yours for now. All right. That's, <laughs> Hopefully they'll clarify I that. Think most, I think most brewers feel that way. Yeah, I understandably. You know, you're gonna... Well, because you have free, it's free advertising. You know, yeah. No offense, but if, if someone's at a party and they really like my beer... If you want to see the... If someone's at a party, and, and but they're drinking it out of a harpoon growler... They may think it was harpoon. If they drink it out of a generic growler, they don't know whose it is. Yep. You know, so there's got to be some sort of interchangeable tag or, or type yes. of thing that would work. There has to be that some would sort have of some federal government la- labeling right, on it, which make would the make people a lot too. more comfortable yeah. uh, with exactly. their liability. And you know the name and, and the type of beer right. and things like and that. And I know, and I know a lot of brewers who don't want you know their beer being sold somewhere else. Where you know who knows how long those those lines haven't been cleaned Certainly. before someone's filling the growler. 
So a lot of it is, you know, we take pride in in that, in that quality that we want to make sure that it's it's still quality. Absolutely. So, well, Scott, thank you so much for joining oh, us today pleasure. on the show. Thanks for letting us come down and hang out with you, showing us the brewery and oh, whatnot. My pleasure. And, it was great. And, uh, you know, everybody... Thanks for coming down, Yeah, too. everybody out there, you got to get down here to Moby Dick right here at 16 South Water Street in New Bedford, Mass., um, home of historic whaling and uh, historically brewed beers. So, so bone up on your Moby Dick. Come on down <laughs> and, and give the give the bartender some suggestions for new beer names. Absolutely. <laughs> and, in the mean, and in the meantime, I'm Matt and I'm Brian, and we'll catch you next week right here on Something Strange Is Brewing. Cheers. Cheers.